Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Last Call at McLaren's, the How I Met Your Mother podcast. I am Josh Rayner here with my best bud, John. John, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about uh, this episode. It's another great one in the series. Again, shocked that it's so early in the series, too. You know what I mean? Look, we were just talking about this before we started to record, too. So many great episodes in season one alone that I forgot yeah. how key packed season one was. Just uh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy just how many memorable episodes take place just in the first season. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to get into this one. Uh, we're going to be talking about season one, episode four, titled Return of the Shirt, aired October 10th, 2005, written by Courtney Kang who uh, goes on to be kind of a staple in this show. Uh, I, I looked up uh, her credits on the show. She writes one to two episodes every single season for the whole entire series. So I was like, all right. I did not know that. Obviously, they, they liked her, and uh, so they kept coming back, uh, kept her coming back. And, I mean, after watching the episode, I understand why. It's a great episode. Uh, and so roughly, before we again, dive into the episode. Hold on. And uh, once again, directed by Pamela Fryman. I don't know when uh, they're going to take her off the directing chair, but she's been directing everything since we started here. So so roughly, before we dive into this episode, you said this is October 10th, 2005. Yes. What were you doing roughly in 2005? Oh, man. Let's see. 2005. I think I had... This is... I, I had... Hmm. Let's see. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I had already dropped out of college, and then I was working just a full-time job at that time. It was the in-between, that three-year period where I took off of college. Um, and that, That's really what I was doing. I was just working a lot at that time. Do you remember where you were living in 2005? Oh, 2005. Where was I living? We were just yeah. moving in together. Was that 2005? It was because that's when we started CBW. That's right. It was. Yeah. That's a wild time, so, man. I was going to say, think about that and just retrospect where we are today. Yeah, man. That's wild. Because, like, we watched this show. Well, I did at least, uh, like, from the beginning. We, we talked about that. Yep. And so uh, I, I just, yeah, that's 2005, man. Such a long time ago. A lot of good stuff going on. Back then, kind of wish we could go back to those simpler times sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, talking about going back, that's why I did this. <laughs> that's kind of what this episode is about. So let's dive in. All right. Uh, the summary for episode four. After reuniting with an old shirt, Ted attempts to get back together with an ex. Meanwhile, Barney dares Robin to say inappropriate things on live television. That's a pretty good summary, I think, of this I episode. I think that's a very good synopsis of this yeah. episode. So a couple of, a couple of things about this episode. Uh, we get the very first appearance of Wendy the Waitress at the end. Uh, she is not named. She is only there for literally, like, a, you blink and, and you miss her kind of a, kind of a scene. Yeah. Uh, and it's also the first time Robin is, like, officially part of the gang. Because in the last three episodes, it's been like, this is the girl that Ted oh, wants yeah. to be with. Now yeah. she's like, she's part of the friend group. So I, I, I kind of like that uh, a lot. So uh, I'm excited to, uh, to dive in. So we start out with future Ted telling his kids a story about love. And it starts with a shirt. 
That's right. Uh, we head to a bar where to the bar where Ted comes uh, in wearing a brown and green shirt that he found in his closet. Everyone loves it. He explains that uh, it's not a new shirt. It's one that uh, he he's had for a while. He didn't really like it, but his tastes must have changed. Uh, now he's really into it. Then Barney blurts out uh, the word booger. 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 And we learn that he has offered Robin 50 bucks if she says the word booger on air. This, <laughs> kind of, this becomes the B story throughout the rest of the episode. which uh, It does. I, I love this B story. <laughs> It's probably one of my favorites. I have to say, it is definitely one of the more memorable, like, B stories throughout the show. Yeah, it like this whole story really showcases uh, what we get throughout her tenure at Metro News One. Oh, uh, absolutely! Like, the low ratings and everything, and just how crappy of a of a place that it, you know of a news station it is. Nobody watches. Yeah, this is oh, where yeah. the, all of that starts. It's, it's the crux. Like, yeah, uh, it's right there. Now, um, while we're talking about the shirt, though, now for people who haven't watched Time Met Your Mother, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this again. I think I've said this every episode now. What the hell are you doing listening to this podcast? That's true. The shirt Ted's wearing is brown and green, and it has like these like old school like swashy floral patterns on them, like things you would see on like your grandmother's clothing. Yeah, and like Lily is like amazed at just how the colors work together, even though they shouldn't. And Todd, this, Ted's like, I guarantee yeah. you, this is a '90s shirt. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. He, one that thing has been in his closet for probably close to a decade. Well, I would you not figure it's supposed to be 2005 in this show as well. Yeah, and he literally says that he dated the. Um, the girl like three Natalie. years ago. Yeah, it was three. So years already ago. we're talking like 2000, 2001 ish. Well, that'd be 2002. 2002. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he probably had it for a couple years before that, even. Yeah. And, and like looking at it, I'm like, that's a total 90s design. Absolutely you know? was. What I find cool about it, though, uh, the continuity of the show, he, every scene he's in, other than, uh, except for one, because he's not wearing a shirt, he has that shirt on. Yeah, the entire episode, and like weeks go by throughout this episode, but he it's his like new lucky shirt. Yeah, or whatever. it's the new lucky shirt, and he wears it every time we see him. And I'm like, that's I'm like, I had to I had to rewind. I was like, did he actually wear it every time? And I went back through the entire episode. I was like, yeah, he did. He Listen, wore that shirt. Somebody who has had a lucky piece of clothing. You do whatever you can to make sure you are constantly wearing that when you know you're going to need luck on your side. I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, after Barney offers the the 50 bucks, Robin claims that uh, she has too much journalistic integrity to do that. But Barney points out that all she does are fluff pieces, which that is exactly what we learned in the pilot episode. You know, that's all, that's what she does. Yep. She, she is forthcoming about that fact that that's all she does. You know? She's a fluffer. Yeah. And then we get the, the purple giraffe episode. You yep. know, it's like that. That's all. That's the kind of stuff that she does. And she wants to believe that she's a real journalist, but at the moment she's unfortunately for her 
really not. I, th I think in Robin's head at this point, she feels that if she puts in the grunt work enough and does this long enough, her journalistic integrity will take over and somebody will see something in her and allow her to progress up through the chain. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. Uh, so then Barney changes his offer to $100 if she says the word nipple. nipple. <laughs> and uh, when we get back to that, it's going to be a good one. Uh, so Ted drinks a, a random glass of bourbon that's just sitting on the table. It's like, who does that first off? But uh, And then he realizes that suddenly he likes bourbon. And he comes to the conclusion that maybe he needs to make some second impressions on things, specifically on women. Uh, Marshall gets excited, though, uh, before uh, he says it's going to be women and asks if he's going to give the Goonies another try, which I thought was, was funny, even quoting the film Sloth Love Chunk. And they do this a couple times in the episode, which was great. I'm surprised Babe Ruth candy bars never came into the, the play in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like uh, I like the Goonies reference, though, instead. I think if you cram too much, too but many things. Babe Ruth is Goonies. It's what they yeah. feed Sloth. No, no, I, I get that, but you don't want to have too many references True. to it. Like, he does the he does the quote, you know, uh, and they, like I said, they use that quote at least yeah. twice. I think Lily says twice. it uh, later on in the episode. Um, so Ted says, uh, you, know, he, you know, he's talking about girls, and they try to come up uh, with some of his of, you know, past girls that he's dated for him to call. So we get uh, Steph who was a porn star for a month and did 175 films in a um, month. Yeah. In a month, Jackie who hit a hitchhiker with her car when she was 16 and was way too casual about it. But we don't know what happened to the hitchhiker. <laughs> we have no idea. Uh, and then they land on Natalie. Uh, Ted remembers some fond memories of her tea candles on her dresser, uh, her sock monkey collection, and a Bell and Sebastian CD titled The Boy with the Arab Strap. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this CD, sir. Wow, you want to skip over the fucking sock monkeys? I you said savage. sock monkeys. I said I know, but you want to focus on the CD and not the cute sock monkeys? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any actual information about sock monkeys. Do you have information about sock monkeys? No. I have Are information. Like historian? I have information about Bell and Sebastian's CD. Which okay, I thought well, was pretty it. cool. <laughs> so this album came out in 1998. It's from the Scottish indie pop band Bell and Sebastian. Uh, the so the inspiration for the uh, album's name came from another Scottish band called Arab Strap. Uh, like I said, they were uh, also from Scotland. They uh, briefly toured with Bell and Sebastian. So I found out what an Arab strap actually is. Uh, it is a sexual device for retaining an erection. Some of you may know this commonly as a cock ring. That is what it is, sir. <laughs> Apparently, the lead singer of Bell and Sebastian did not know that that's what an Arab strap was. Oh, at my the God. Time. That's even yeah. funnier. And uh, also, apparently, the band Arab Strap, they weren't really happy with the fact that they titled their album this. Uh, uh, they felt it was kind of a slap in the face to them. 
Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, I I thought that was kind of interesting, <laughs> uh, and you know, Arab strap, man, it's just there. I had to I had to look it up because uh, you're never you gonna call it a cock ring ever again. Nope, I'm gonna get me a nice Arab strap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think I was going to have such uh, fascinating information, did you? Nope. Can't say I was thinking that at all. Now, John, you got anything as good as that about the sock monkeys? Nope. Were they formerly called cock monkeys? Because that would be funny. (laughs) That would be funny. Uh, All right. So we we learned that it's been three years since uh, Ted dated Natalie. He says that he wasn't looking for a big commitment at at the time, but he is now. Uh, Then suddenly, Barney gets really upset with Ted because he broke up with a porn star and dramatically declares that their friendship is over. Now, what I find find funny about this, they they talk about that girl, Steph. And Barney just sits there. Then they talk about Jackie. And then they talk about Natalie. And it's not until... Barney decides he just wants to leave. Then he pulls this out. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's just doing it to to you know be Barney and make a fuss. Uh, but I found it hilarious. You I mean, dumb I could, porn star. I could see him making a big deal about this anyway. But the the timing of it in the episode is just slightly off because, like you said, they mention it and yeah. then they talk and about. He like, and and he doesn't. He doesn't even flinch when they mention nope. it. Not at all. Yeah, so because I think it, it's just he wanted a reason to leave with, with, like, a big huff. Honestly, I think it's because if he'd have left pre-explanation of the other two girls, he wouldn't have been in on him going back for Natalie. That's true. Yeah, he would have had no – because he didn't know these people. Nope. Yeah, so – which, actually, I think that's inaccurate. Because didn't we learn in – was it the pilot episode or whatever that him and Barney met four years ago? Yes. But that doesn't mean that Barney knows everything that goes on in his personal life. Maybe, they maybe they, they weren't close. Yeah. They might not have been close enough. So maybe he didn't know Natalie at the time. I mean, really? And I don't know how long him and Natalie were together. Like, I think know. she says at one point, three weeks. Well, that's how long they're dating this time. I don't think it was much longer in the first one. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. So it's very possible that Barney just, they weren't close enough yet. So he just, he didn't know her. Um, but yeah, I found, I found that, I found that kind of, kind of interesting because it does line up. Uh, it kind of like overlaps there, but a little uh, so, bit. Yeah. So then we switch over to uh, Metro News One where Robin enters her boss's office, tells her that, uh, he tells her that she's covering a, a story at down at City Hall. She gets real excited about it. You know, she's covering the City Hall beat. Except in the next scene, we see that she's actually doing a story about a hot dog vendor. <laughs> so she's still doing those fluff pieces. And it's yeah, here that's great. It is. It's here that Robin opts to uh, slip the word nipple into her sentence at the, uh, at the end of her broadcast. Uh, and she says, back when the stand first opened in 1955, you could get one for only a nipple. Which the I look thought, on I, his face, though, when she says it. Hot dog vendor's like, <laughs> he's like, did I just did I just hear that? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and she just does it like, no, it's just smooth, man. <laughs> smooth. She she slides that word in there. It was fantastic. Uh, 
then back at the apartment, you know, Robin's there and she's talking to Lily about what she did. And you can tell she kind of hates herself for it, you know? Yep. Then Barney walks in and hands Robin a hundred dollars and tells her he's got another one for her. Yeah, but it's what, bucks. It's what he says before that though that makes me laugh. Go ahead. Is it cold in here? Robin's nickels are showing. Yep. <laughs> oh, Robin's nickels. That's right. <laughs> Two hundred bucks though, but we don't know what it's for because he whispers it yep. to her. So we get to find that out a little later, which I find. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, Rather, I'm kind of glad that they didn't say it. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree, because I feel like in the moment of being like, what the hell did he say? And then when she does it, it's just such a good reveal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And she says she'll think about it. So then Ted comes in, says he found Natalie's number. And first off, like, it's been three years. He still had her number. Like, Yeah, I thought that same thing. It's like, damn, bro. Okay. I don't know what you were hanging on. I, but it I don't took have so long to find the slutty pumpkin. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. Uh, and he, again, like I said uh, at the beginning, he's still wearing that shirt. He calls her and she tells him to go to hell and hangs go, up. Go to hell. So she obviously remembers Ted Mosby. They, uh, they try to figure out why Natalie would hang up on Ted. Ted remembers uh, what happened when he broke up with her. He called and left a breakup message on her answering machine on her birthday. We, however, <laughs> later on learn it's even worse than that, but we'll get there when we get there. So, uh, John, thoughts on uh, breaking up with somebody on their birthday? I'm going to have to, I'm going to side with Marshall Erickson on this one. Is there a good way to break up with someone, though? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. And I mean, I get calling somebody and leaving a message on their answering machine. I mean, first off, way to date the show at this point because answering <laughs> is the little thing. That's true. But two, I mean, seriously though, there's no good way to break up with somebody. I got broken up with one time via a text message. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. it doesn't take the sting out of it. It still sucks. But what are you going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. And um, and honestly, having it done face to face really isn't any better. It really is. Really not because then it becomes awkward. Of like, well, do you walk away right after you say you're breaking up? Do you do you try to be like Barney and go for sympathy sex or yeah. breakup sex? Like, what what do you do? Yeah, shake hands I mean, and at least like if it's done like via a message of some sort, you can like flip out in the privacy of where you know your own home or whatever that is true you know what i mean you can get pissed off and yell or whatever and it's not going to affect anybody because you're just there on your own you're just you know that is true it's uh it, it's it's got its ups and downs i suppose okay I, I, I suppose all right so uh lily goes off on ted while marshall tries to have his back like you said barney says he should have uh, done it in person for some breakup sex. Then we switch over to Robin doing a news report about New York's old, oldest set of twins who just passed away on the eve of their 100th birthday. <laughs> this like kind of like dramatic story, you know, it's real sad and whatnot. <laughs> she ends the broadcast by saying, I'm a dirty, dirty girl and smacks her own ass. And Doesn't she say I'm a dirty, dirty girl who needs a spanking? No, she says I'm a dirty, dirty girl, smacks her ass and says, ow. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But what I found even more funny about this whole thing was that guy in the background throughout the whole yes. thing, just there taking down birthday decorations during her broadcast. It to me it showcased just how how crappy of a news station this really is because they're just letting let that like you would think that during a news broadcast like this you wouldn't you, like the the producers who are there who wouldn't let some random guy just be in the background of the shot yeah because I mean obviously the story's not gonna it's not like she's there for twelve hours doing something like it's probably like ten minutes at the most. And then he could go back to doing that, but they allowed that to happen. But I thought it was hilarious because he's just there he's doing covering it. the story as she's standing there. Yeah, like you know, yeah. Which I, I just thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty funny, uh, in my opinion. I but like, then, oh, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, oh, I was just going to keep going on in the episode. So well, this, that's what I was, doing? I was going to lead you into that too because I was going to say I love how as you're watching it, you're like, there's no way on set production people are going to let this happen though either. Where they're not going to let somebody just be like, hey, hey, I need a spanking. Ow. <laughs> and, like, all of a sudden, yeah, the other lady walks up and she's like, hey, Joel wants to see you in his office. Yeah. And I was like. And, and she's oh. looking at her and she's looking at her like, yeah, what you just did, you're in trouble for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the big guy must have seen that and now he wants it. Now your ass is in, you know, in yep. the fire. But uh, so Robin goes to her boss's office. And instantly starts saying how much she really likes working there, you know, trying to save her own ass. But before she can even, you know, get through all that, he cuts her off and just starts describing some weird noise that his dog is making. It's like a... Which I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that I don't even means. Know, I don't even know what that means. You have dogs, right? And she's like, What? He's like, you have dogs. What does that? What does that mean? What should I do? And she's just like, uh, take them to the vet. And, take and he's him like, to the vet. Yeah, that's, that's smart. That's great. Great advice. And then she's like, uh, you know, she asks if he watched the broadcast. He's just like, yeah, you did a great job, you know. And then she just kind of like shoes her out the door. Obviously, he did not watch the broadcast. Obviously. So, so like, not even her boss, who runs the place, watches Metro News One. You know, just just saying. <laughs> uh, so then we see Natalie in her apartment, and the doorbell rings. She looks out and sees a giant uh, sock monkey head. Now, if that was me, and I looked out my door, and there's just a giant sock monkey head, I I feel like my reaction would be a little less calm than hers was. I don't know, because I think Honestly, that would freak me out a little bit. I thought like, that's the same that? thing. I'm like, if she opens the door. I wanted to open the door. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, who is it? Who the hell is this? And why like, is there a monkey? You're not expecting anybody. You're not dating anybody. Why the fuck did you open the door? That's how horror movies start. Right? Like, seriously. That was, that was a big mistake on her end. Like, why did she open that door? Because then, Ted just jumps out of nowhere. And, you know, he's just like, ah! That could be anybody. Also... Yep. You know, we learn later on that she's she's doing Krav Maga. So, like, oh, yeah. know, something like that. And we'll talk about that. But if she's doing that, where the heck was her Krav Maga instincts? <laughs> because like, he jumps out of nowhere. There, if she revealed he, it there, it wouldn't have made the later part of the episode funny. No, I get it. But that just means it doesn't make sense for her. No, I like, know. He jumps out of nowhere. 
he should have gotten like kicked in the face. Oh, he should have at least been kicked in the balls. Something should have happened. That instinct should have just kicked in with her and just yep. boom. But it didn't happen. And like you said, you know, obviously the they didn't want to give that away to the audience, but it just it's it didn't make sense for her character once no. we learn later on uh stuff about her. Uh so like I said, he jumps out of nowhere. Uh, he tries to apologize to her. Um, this is where we learn that not only was uh, did he break up with her on her birthday, but there was actually a surprise party happening, and everyone there heard his breakup message. Yep. Super awkward. Super awkward. Takes the whole <laughs> flavor out of a birthday. Because <laughs> then she walks through the door, and they're just like, one woman is just like surprise because they're just like uh they had heard that whole night hey natalie it's sad you know (laughs) oh man i'm just really busy which i think is i i kind of love that because he brings that back at the end he does and it showcases how immature ted still is yes you know it's just like he, he he tries to you know do the right thing and and be honest with her yet he defaults back to that at the end which again you know jumping ahead here but we'll, you know we'll, we'll get to all that uh, <laughs> so he winds up convincing her uh, that with his patented Ted Mosby charm as we've talked about in previous episodes uh, to give him a second chance and they wind up sleeping together and start dating again. Yep. It's like, damn, man. I'll be honest. I wish I had the Ted Mosby charm because that shit works. Like, it works, man. It does. Is it, I don't is know. Do you just say Ted's a groomer? I mean, maybe at times. Um, I think that was the humor, though, back then, too. Like, that's, that, was a, that was a common thing in, in, in sitcom humor that kind of stuff back then nineties and the early two thousands. Um, I mean, as we've seen on this show shows like the office, a lot of stuff from even 15 years ago, doesn't, doesn't really hold up anymore. No. Um, but you know, it was commonplace back then. So yeah. Uh, so then we go back to the bar. Natalie says that, you know, so, and they're hanging out, with Natalie, so it's like things are kind of going, seem like they're going well. Natalie says that she has to head out to her Krav Maga class, this is where we learn about that. Um, after she leaves, uh, Ted proclaims that uh, you know, he has to break up with her. Only, uh, it's only been three weeks. Three and, weeks. Uh, Lily is pissed. She is, oh, dude, she beats on him. She does, man. She is not happy here. Um, then they just kind of discuss how he should do it. Barney slides some uh, misogynistic comments in there, which, like we were just talking, some things really don't hold up. Some of the early Barney stuff, like, really doesn't hold up. Um, he does get better, less cringy throughout the series, but I think that's just because you know the times change as the show. The show is on for nine years, so yeah, you know, times evolve throughout. Um, and then Robin walks in and reveals that uh, she just did a broadcast where she honked her boobs. 
And uh, Barney gives her some money. We don't know how much. My, I think based on the last two amounts that like or the 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 last amount that we we heard, and then the next amount, I think it was like five hundred bucks. I was gonna say I could see it being like four to five hundred because like you know it started at fifty, which she declined. Then it went to a hundred, which she did. Then it was two hundred. Then the next one that we hear an amount about is a thousand dollars. Yep. So some I think it was probably like five. And then he's like, okay, we're going to go big on this next one. And he offers her. Well, it's also a really big, like. I got information about this as well. Fair enough. So uh, Barney offers uh, her the biggest deal yet, $1,000, to do the icky shuffle while slamming former Bengals coach Dave Schuma. So uh, I did a little research here, the icky shuffle was a touchdown dance created by former Cincinnati Bengals fullback Icky Woods. Uh, you can Google it and find videos of it. Um, and then Dave Schuma is a former coach uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, when I was doing my research about it, I found out. So in the thing that he says, he slams Dave Schuma for cutting Icky Woods. Icky Woods retired because of a knee injury in 1991. Dave Schuma became the coach of the Bengals in 1992. So, like, I don't know if this is the writers, like, just messing up, like, uh, like an actual an actual fact that's in the world, or if they were trying to do something, like, to make Barney look... St- I don't know. I feel like it was just them getting wrong information. I, really I feel do. like it, but it also a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the tort and restitution book and like Marshall looking for a tort and restitution book in specific yeah. years. And you said that that book doesn't exist. Yeah. That, so yeah I feel like exist. basic homework that could have been done and they didn't check. Yeah. I do think, I do think that is uh, accurate. Cause there are, there are things in the show where their continuity kind of falls apart at times. Yeah, but there is shit that's dead on. Oh yeah, absolutely. They do a like, great job with most hot of it. Girls are not from Buffalo. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that, but I've seen some some good looking Buffalo girls. I'm just saying. I've I'm seen some good looking chicken wings. Doesn't mean I'm gonna slap a ring on it though. <laughs> Fair enough, John. Fair enough. If you did, I would be worried. And also, there's a chicken wing shortage. So maybe that that's not true. the best. But maybe it is a good idea. Maybe you want to lock down that chicken wing since there is a shortage. You want to make sure that it's always there for you when you need a chicken wing. You know. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I like chicken wings. So <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so then we head to a restaurant where uh, Ted and Natalie are having dinner. Ted is preparing to break up with her. And he discovers that yet again... It is Natalie's birthday. It's my birthday, as she uh, declares, uh, which I say all the time. It is hilarious. Uh, and also, still wearing that shirt. Still wearing the shirt. Hasn't gave it up yet. I just love how he tries to bring it up. And then when he realizes it's her birthday, he tries to backpedal it a little bit. Yeah, Here, here's my thing. Why, okay, you find out it's her birthday, just wait like a week. Right. Like you can suck it up and wait a week instead of destroying this girl again on her birthday. 
hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, and it's like he—he's so selfish there that he's just like, I have to do it no matter what, even well, yeah, though I he just even found makes out the comment. Too. He's like, I have to do this. What the fuck could you have not waited even two days? Yeah, something, you know, to where it's just not her freaking birthday anymore. You know, let her enjoy her birthday, and then come up with some reason a few days to a week later or whatever, and then you'll be done. Like, but instead he listens to Barney and rips off the bandaid. Yep, that's Ted Mosby for you. I love uh, it though, as he tries to explain in some of Barney's misogynistic ways of saying it, and some are funny. Things like "you're ineffable," and she's like, "I'm ineffable," and he's like, "I'm not effable enough." Yeah, and then one of the ones is like, you know, like getting broken up with is like winning the lottery, and he, she's like, "So dating you is like winning the lottery," and like, I'm like, "Haha, Ted just looks like such an asshole." Yeah, man, it totally, it totally backfires on him in. So many ways, which is great. Uh, so then uh, we cut back over to uh, Robin. Uh, and uh, we're at the bar. Everyone is watching Robin on the news. They're waiting for her to do the uh, the icky shuffle that Barney paid, is, is ready to pay for. And as Robin is interviewing this carriage driver, he says to her that this is one of the, this is like the best moment of his life, something along yep. those lines. His story being told on national television yeah. for the first time ever was the happiest moment of his entire life. Yeah. And in that moment, she changes her mind and stands up and starts to talk. And then she falls off the carriage and lands face first in some horse shit. It's in my hair. <laughs> it's in my hair. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> It is something that comes back later in the series. It's mentioned a few times in future episodes, which I love. Because that's like we were talking about continuity, stuff like that. I love, you know, where they bring back little, little, little things that happen in in old uh, previous episodes. Um, Because then you're like, oh, I remember that. Yep. And, and when you rewatch it, then you go back and you're like, oh yeah, this is that moment. And they, and they talk about it later on. So I, I, I do. I love when they do that. Um, then we go back to the restaurant. Natalie is talking about her family, how her mom is so excited to meet Ted. And I'm sitting here thinking, you've been dating for three weeks. And you're over here talking about like meeting their, her parents, like meeting, ha- having Ted meet your parents and like going on like a, like some like vacation at their like, home vacation home or whatever and i'm like it's been three weeks like three weeks yep that's pretty damn quick yep (laughs) i mean obviously you feel the same way (laughs) i mean the thing that i was like really taken back by it though is she's like they're making serious plans at Mm. three weeks so either they unpaused from the breakup before or they didn't restart a relationship. They just kind of like felt it out and like jumped straight into some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, obviously it's one-sided. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I got to break up with her. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, 
I mean, I don't want to disparage Natalie, but I feel like she's probably a bit too clingy then. If she's jumping that quick, when obviously Ted is not feeling that, like that, those those feelings are not being reciprocated. They're they're not. No. He may he may be faking some of it, but like there's no true reciprocation there, you know. But for some reason, she she thinks like they're together. Like I don't think meeting parents at three weeks is normal. I've never met parents. I think before a month or two. Yeah, like I, I just I think that's I don't and know. I mean, granted, three that's weeks fast. is only like I guess it would be like the setting up for the next week, but like still. Yeah, it's it just seemed really really quick to me. Uh, so Ted, he just decides to get right to it and he breaks up with her claiming, yep. you know, he just wants to be honest. You know, he, he want he doesn't want, you know, he wants to do what's do what's best for her, you know? Yep. And, uh, she is pissed. He thought that she was going to be like cry and, and he was going to have to console her. That's what he was expecting. And that's kind of how he was acting. Kind of, kind of patronizing a little bit right up to the moment. That she chucks a handful of spaghetti at him. Oh yeah, I which I thought was hilarious because like usually in TV and movies, uh, what you see is like they throw like a glass of wine or water or whatever in their face. You almost never see somebody just hand just grab a handful of spaghetti and just whip it at somebody. I I thought that was kind of awesome. I dug that. 90% of the time you don't step up against somebody who's practicing a guerrilla warfare tactics either. That's true too. I'm curious, is uh, spaghetti throwing part of Krav Maga? I'll have to do some research. I mean, Krav Maga, because I used to do, I wanted to do, I did research on it once before. The guerrilla tactics essentially say anything you can get your hands on becomes a weapon. So yes. All right. You know what? That actually fits then. It really, yes. it really does. Um, T- Ted starts digging himself an even bigger hole uh, and winds up getting kicked straight in the chest. And like, that shit sends him, sends him flying across the room, which I, I was like, holy shit. And then like, he beats her up. Or she beats him up. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> she, she beats him up. <laughs> she beats him up. And, and the she, thing that I love about this is, is that she beats him up. And instead of them going back to the B scene, or the B story, or flashing to like anything else, they flashed it, future Ted talking to the kids and his son's like, wait, 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 you got beat up by a girl. Yeah. And like they, like him and the daughter just make fun of him for like a couple minutes. And I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but before all that, cause like he gets beat up, but then they go back to the bar. And this is, like I said at the beginning, this is where we, we meet Wendy, the waitress for the first time. She brings uh, over a Robin, a drink for Robin. Um, from a couple of guys at the bar yeah. and she gets super embarrassed. Cause they're like making fun of her for falling in poop. And this, this is where Ted comes in all beat. Like we actually get to see him all beat up. Oh all yeah. He's shit. beat the shit. Yeah. And then he like laughs at Robin for Paul. Cause you know, falling in poop. And then we, yeah, then we get the flash forward to, uh, to future Ted and his kids. I wish that they had done more. I mean, maybe not as intricate because you would have to really plan what they were going to say, but just more scenes with the kids where they say a couple things for future seasons. I had said that a couple of episodes Mm -hmm. ago. I really wish they could have just, even if it was just basic things, like there's the, there's just be like, oh, dad, you know, or like, are are you serious? Like it's just random things like that reactions. Or 
or you do what I'm going to call the Barney Stinson, and you just reference his like 70s television show. What's happening? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Good times. Oh man, that uh, yeah, I think they could have done that, and it would have been great. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's how it wraps up. Like I said, with uh, with future Ted telling his yep. kids, and uh, yeah. So, John, what did you think of uh, episode four overall? I think overall, episode four, as of like what we've watched so far, probably has to be one of my favorite episodes of the Caesar, uh, series, uh, only because you get so much layered detail into this episode about like you get the return of the shirt, you get to see like what Ted was kind of like when he was dating Natalie and like the earlier Ted, yeah. and he was a like you said, he was kind of like a childish jackass. And then yeah. he resorts back to that at the end of this episode when he thinks he's ready, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is setting up, all this is setting up for everything that's going to happen with like the pineapple incident in a few episodes, um, the meeting of Victoria. Yeah. And Victoria is what really like mellows Ted out for the rest of the series. Victoria is what paid. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ted knew what he actually was looking for. He kept saying, you know, he keeps saying, you know, he's he wants to find the one. He wants to find yep. the one. But he has no actual idea what that means. What he's he, you know what he I mean? had no bar set. No, not a, all not at he all. knew was he was ready to settle himself down. Yeah. He knew he wanted a wife and kids and he wanted a life. Yeah. But he had no bar to set to be like, this is what I want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He had nothing, and so you know he breaks a few hearts in the in the meantime. Yep, and, and yeah, you know I agree with you. You can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. It's true. I do agree that I think uh, that Victoria is the thing that kind of sets him sets him on that path of yeah. knowing kind of what what he wants out of out of out of a relationship. Even though it does take him a long time to finally find that, but uh, I do think uh, it definitely starts with her. So that's the episode. Now it's time for a little segment that we like to do at the end of uh, each episode called Barney's Blog. That's right. All right. So uh, on this week's Barney's Blog, Barney is talking about. So apparently he has a, a list of ways to to dump a girl. Oh, and they, God. And they don't they don't they don't dive into like a bunch of them or anything. Um, he gives a couple of examples from his list. Uh, he starts off with number 14, the new job dump. And it's like a, a like a, like a form letter kind of a thing. So you remember when he did the, the ghost one where he dumped the girl with the, yes. you know, and he left the, that letter fill in the blanks. Yeah. It's similar to that. That's um, great. So it says uh, name of chick. And it says, I am very sorry to hear about your immediate family member. Uh, <laughs> I am sure he or she will always look down on you from chosen religious utopia. And speaking of chosen religious utopia, my new job in the Caribbean island chain starts next week. I wish I could say more, but the current presidential administration forbids it. And I'd prefer to keep my body part or parts I'm afraid our time together must draw to an end. Long distance relationships rarely work. And I was just made aware that cell phone carrier 
does not receive service in my small primitive village. You are a wonderful, wonderful girl and great physical assets, and I will surely miss you. I wish you nothing but the best, and I bid you goodbye. Or should I say, Caribbean Island translation. <laughs> and I was great. like, I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic because they essentially bring that that back. Yep. With that, the where he pretends to be the ghost yep. episode, and I was like when I read through it, I was like, holy shit. They read, cause like the blog posts are posted around the time that the episodes are aired. Yep. And so they obviously had that as an idea of something Barney would do for a while. Oh yeah. And they reused it. And I thought that was great. Wow. Um, they, they do one more and it's number 99. So this tells you that <laughs> he has a long list. And it's called Emergency Exits. It says, uh, for those who feel even a simple elaborate lie is too daunting, here are six lines that will have you skip in town, hot, sweet, footloose, and girlfriend free in six words flat. And there are six of them. Okay. The first one is, maybe you don't need those fries. The second one is, your mustache is thicker than mine. The third one, it's not you, it's your looks. Wow. Yeah. The fourth one, I'll help finance your boob job. The fifth one, I was faking it both times. And number six, your sister seemed to enjoy it. (laughs) Classic Barney. Like, I could see easily see him reading off any of those lines. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are the kinds of lines that you say to a girl and you better be prepared to get slapped in the face. Like, really? You know what I mean? Like, I'm reading these and I'm like, oh, my goodness. These are so cringy. And he should be, I I guarantee you, he gets slapped in the face more times than not when he uses them. But it's Barney, and I'm sure he's used to that. (laughs) That is just ridiculous. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's. Barney's blog, everybody. Uh, and that is also this episode of Last Call at McLaren's. John, you got any last thoughts about this episode? Nope. All right. Uh, make sure to, uh, if a girl tells you that she's taking Krav Maga classes, look up what that is before you uh, decide to dump her. Gorilla Street Tactics. Just saying. You may want to know what you're getting into. Absolutely. So, uh, Again, I am Josh Rayner, and uh, joined here by my buddy John Maid. Uh, John, where can everybody find you? Well, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Simply Saying J1. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at J John Maid. Uh, I'm also part of the Off the Ropes with John and Josh podcast, which you can find us pretty much on any social media for that at Off the Ropes JJ. Um, I'm always here with him. That's pretty much me. That's right. Josh, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JP Rayner. That's J P R A Y N O R. And of course, right down here at Movie Blog Merc. That is the Twitter page for my site, Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, if you're into DC Comics, check out uh, at DC Comics News. I run that site over there as well. And of course, follow us, Last Call at McLaren's, on Twitter at Last Call H I M Y M. That's Last Call H I M Y M. For all the fun 
pictures and memes and random stuff that I like to put up on that Twitter page. Uh, it's good times. And, uh, you know, if you prefer audio, check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash last call, H-I-M-Y-M. You know, we're always there. Or whatever podcast platform uh, you are using. And uh, speaking of podcast platforms. Yes, sir. We did officially get our very first five-star review over on uh, Apple Podcasts. And uh, I would like to read our uh, our review there. Anybody who leaves a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, uh, I will read it out loud on air. Uh, and if you want uh, other things on air, go to anchor.fm slash last call, H-I-M-Y-M, and you can leave us a voice message that we will play as well. So this five-star review comes from Burger 7 and he says, or she, I don't know, whoever it is, they say, uh, just discovered this show this weekend. Really looking forward to hearing more. If you're a fan of How I Met Your Mother, this is, in fact, a must-listen. The guys are really knowledgeable on the show. Well, thank you, Roethlisberger7. We appreciate your kind words, and uh, you know we'll be bringing you more shows every hey, week. Hey, Slice. Yo. Slice. Yo, did you see the game? Roethlisberger was all like, huck it, shuck it, football! Football! That's right. That's right. For, the, for anyone who knows that reference, tweet at us, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out if you got it right. We will give you a personal shout-out if you know that reference. That's right. Huck it, chuck it, football. On Twitter, at last call, H-I-M-Y-M. All right, guys. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed. And, uh, I mean, we got only one other thing that we like to leave you with. You don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. Get out of here. That's right. Catch you next time.